The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, music teacher Michelle Morrow is here, also a winner on the People's Voice Award, who stuck around. Bob Richardson, News Talk 1010 contributor, senior counsel at National Public Relations. And Rob Davis is a former Toronto City Councilor, founder of Rob Davis Associates, ran for mayor as well. And let me start with you on this one, because you were the guy carrying around the Dundas Street sign for yep. the longest time. Uh, three former mayors say don't change it, but they're actually going to bat for Dundas. I think all we have to do is admit it's money we don't have, so let's not spend it. Yeah, I, look, like the Toronto said, it's 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 a good thing to do, but it's a vanity exercise. You know, uh, there are bigger issues, and what I say to people, for instance, in the Black community, since I sort of started this campaign to stop the renaming of Dundas, is don't settle for the crumbs, go for the cake. You know, we have bigger problems. We had African refugees sleeping on the cold, hard concrete of this city while council is debating whether to change the name of the street that they're sleeping on. I think that is why it's a, an example of misguided priorities. It, it's, a mis, uh, it's a wasteful spending uh, situation. But we could do something. Like, we could help people from the black community. We could help people who've been affected by colonialism. Changing the name of Dundas does not graduate one more First Nations doctor one more black lawyer, one more First Nations accountant. It doesn't help the community. And so I think council should um, reconsider as this campaign that I started back on February 28th continues to grow with people like former mayors who I've respected, well, at least two or three of the three that I uh, very much respected. Who don't you like? I'm just joking. Okay. John Sewell knows I'm joking. Okay. Good. So, <laughs> I, and I wouldn't mention any names, but uh, in all seriousness, we, we, we've got a lot of other things that we need to do. And and this isn't one of them. This is not the priority. Do you still have the sign? Oh, yeah. It's hanging in my living room. Okay. Actually. Um, Michelle Morrow, I don't support changing the name, but I also think that some people are being a little too generous to the original Lord Melville, uh, but I'm also tired of litigating it. Yeah, I don't know enough of the history. I've read uh, the article posted today where there's a his foundation really um, fights back against the fact that he was an abolitionist. Yeah, and but it's run by to... Dundas. <laughs> I know, so it's hard to take it in. But I think uh, I think Rob said it all. How is this going to benefit people? How is this going to do anything except drain more money from city council so we can't use it to actually affect the day-to-day -day lives? I really wish people would focus that the municipal government is the one that will affect you on a day-to-day -day basis more than the federal, more than provincial. So this should be the government that should be saving money and using it towards helping its citizens. And But you know what? If there was a company that wanted to come in and spend money, just like we change the names of our theaters every time we get a... A uh, company that will come in and pay for it, then why not? But I don't think the government should pay for it. Okay, but Bob Richardson, I guess that would give us uh, what Canadian Tire Way. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think we we ought to avoid that if we can. Look, this is a. a, a public policy train wreck. It, it's a result of, of uh, a bad a staff report and, frankly, people trying to predetermine an, uh, an outcome. Um, let's, let's view this as a teachable moment, though. Let's not change the name of our streets. Uh, if there are problems with some of them, let's erect a plaque. Let's, uh, you know, put up signs. Let's uh, um, uh, have the tea at TDSB, uh, do some uh, teaching around this uh, issue. That, to me, makes a lot more sense than spending up to a half a billion dollars changing the name of 60 streets 
including uh, including God does. It's not worthy of outrage, but it did bring a smile to my face nonetheless. Michelle Morrow, Chief DEMQ of the Toronto Police Service, um, said we can all do things around our home to prevent crime. And the photo he used was a photograph of a guy who has bollards that come up and down in his driveway in order to make it impossible to steal his car. I have to think that that probably costs like $100,000. It's not exactly the right <laughs> example. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something that is in my budget to do right now, even though I am very worried about my car getting stolen. I wish that along with that picture, he had perhaps provided like, hey, these are small things that you can do or create a thread as opposed to like just one, what is it called, an X now, as opposed to one post, because there's so many other things you can do. I love how earlier you mentioned the club. Like, that's a really outdated tool, but oh my gosh, you cannot move it when it's on your steering wheel. And to say that uh, to say that there's not other ways to do it besides this, it's frustrating. And I wish the police chief was more like, hey, I can help you, as opposed to, here's one way you can do it that barely anyone can afford. Well, and the club also comes in handy if you end up in hand-to-hand combat. Um, <laughs> Bob Richardson, I'd add that nobody's ever going to steal my car because there's always some idiot parked behind it on the street. <laughs> Well, my my car's seventeen years old, so if somebody's stealing that, uh, they're 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 clearly crazy. But um, look, uh, part of the problem here, I get what Chief Demku was uh, trying to say. He, he does have a bit of a tone deaf feel to him uh, on these sort of things, and part of the reason is people kind of feel that the police have given up on traffic, on parking, on small claims. Uh, you know, if your car if your car's keyed, et cetera, et cetera, and there are uh, more non-responsive than they were before that's what he ought to be focusing on that's what he ought to be fixing uh and worrying less about the hundred thousand uh dollar bollards well you know what's interesting in brampton uh mayor patrick brown did something really interesting yeah they they handed out ten thousand faraday bags as a trial to try to help residents fight auto theft and now uh the city of vaughn is copying brampton's lead on this and doing the same thing now i think that has more of an effect if we can find some creative ways of doing it but it points to an issue with all of these vehicles they all have a vulnerability and i'm wondering whether the minister of transportation should offer a recall of the five million keyless entry uh, keyless ignition vehicles that are susceptible to these uh, these relay attacks. That'd be pretty radical, though. Well, why? If the brakes don't work, they have a recall, and if the car can be broken into and stolen, why shouldn't consumers be protected by the government that's supposed to protect them? Yeah, maybe I'm lazy. I just don't want to have to go to the dealership <laughs> for a day. You know, well, they'll ding you for an oil change yeah. and for all sorts of True. other things, right? But I did get a Faraday pouch, and I took it out with me, and I couldn't open my car. So it I works. Thought, okay. I, have, I have them myself. I give them to friends as gifts. Okay, do we think that Doug Ford would ever approve a sales tax for Toronto. Bob Richardson. Uh, probably not, and and uh, too bad because it's a good idea. Uh, look, the city needs to broaden its revenue base. It needs uh, a bunch of div- uh, you know diverse sources. It's done in Quebec, I believe, in Montreal. Uh, it it makes sense. I think it, it's good public policy. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I, I'm skeptical whether uh, Ford would do this or not. Uh, Rob Davis, uh, we were talking with a professor about this, and he said maybe they should do it for the entire. GTA. 
Well, I, I think there is an issue about how you tax people. The fact that you um, may have purchased a home in 1973 for $30,000 and it's now worth a million and a half dollars, you're being taxed on the value, under current value assessment, not your ability to pay. So uh, does that grandmother who owns that semi-detached home in Toronto really have seven, eight, nine thousand dollars $9,000 a year to pay in tax now that her income might be $20,000? Her kids are going to inherit it one day. Her kids are going to inherit it, but, but, the, but the point is, it's not based on your ability to pay. And maybe a progressive tax system for municipalities is what's needed, not patchwork uh, opportunities to tax us on land transfer tax and, and sales tax. I think a comprehensive review of that would be more fitting and, and would help people in poverty. It would mean mi the middle class folks would get some relief and folks who are extremely wealthy would pay a fairer share. Uh, Michelle Morrow, you know, experience with the HST has shown us that a consumption tax is actually fairer than an income tax. Yeah, because you you are the one who chooses how much you pay. And I think this, I, I, our city is broke. We need to get other revenue streams. And I think it could work if we present it in a way that gives... Um, board a little bit of a shield because taxes or taxing people taxing people is a lightning rod and i know he doesn't want to touch that and so if we found a way that we could sort of deflect it back on the city of toronto and not on him even though he gave us the permission i think that would work better in our favor but i i personally don't know how to do that <laughs> so i don't know if that would work well, but i think that would help that would be a definitely advance you start, the cause you start by not changing dundas street yeah well, I'd say yeah, six, that's right? definitely <laughs> way. And then all Bingo. the other streets, and uh, yeah, Young Young Street. I mean, imagine what it's going to cost to change the name of Young Street. And he was a devil of a guy. Like Dundas, you know, there's some well, questions. Have you ever seen Bloor? <laughs> There's a photograph of Bloor. He looks barking mad. Well, that, well, I'm not going to judge people based on how they look, or I'd be uh, on the radio and not on television. Oh wait, oh wait a second. Okay. And you're trying not to laugh with my mustache, aren't you? I'm not going to mention the porn star mustache. <laughs> okay. Uh, Montreal police looking to recruit from uh, students or uh, people who have gone through social studies. They want quote people with a heart. Uh, Michelle Morrow. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, yes, diversity is a great idea, but the idea of emphasizing people with social studies degrees doesn't necessarily persuade me. Maybe not, but at the same time, we talk about how um, when police arrive at a situation where someone is in a mental health crisis is that they might not have the tools to uh, properly deal with that. And then the thought of bringing in a social worker as a companion to a police officer, perhaps in those situations, means that the social worker is at a risk because they are unarmed. And also the police officer now has two different people that he feels he needs to, uh, I'm using a general he term, please realize that I do realize that women are also police officers, um, that they need to, there are two people they need to keep an eye on, there are two people they need to protect perhaps from each other. So bringing in people who have more studies in social work and they are trained to deal with these situations, I don't see that as a bad thing. I think someone who is like, I don't want to be a police officer, is this, this sort of um, call to them isn't going to change their mind. But perhaps someone who's on the fence who thinks that maybe this is a way I can help support my community, I can represent um, my culture, I can represent my heritage, and I can also be good for the community, maybe this would help. Rob Davis, it's not policing, but uh, around the time when I was supposed to go to law school, they made a decision that you should go out and get a bachelor's degree first, and they said that it would be it would inform your legal practice. Yes. So yeah, I, I think that I think this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I just think they shouldn't isolate it to one discipline. We need like in this era where there's cyber crimes, we need police officers who have cyber skills. We need people who have language skills. We need people who have you know, different experiences so that they can help fight crime. 
car thefts, those car thefts, those cars are being smuggled out of Canada through the Port of Montreal and Halifax. They're going abroad. The gangs that operate uh, these car theft rings are foreign actors. I'm not saying that the Toronto police or Montreal police should be, you know, hanging out in, in Paris or in some Nigerian town. But the ability to speak those languages and understand the culture is going to help them solve some of these crimes. Bob Richardson. I, I agree with what uh, Rob had to say. Uh, I think that the focus uh, sh- shouldn't necessarily be on uh, on, uh, on uh, social uh, science, but on diversity. That's where we we really need uh, we need a diverse force. We need to really really work hard to make sure that we're uh, getting uh, people from a whole variety of different uh, uh, communities. That should be job one when it comes to recruiting police. And no time left to move to another topic, but enough time to turn my screen around. That is Joseph Bloor. So now you see he what I'm has talking a face. about. He has a face for radio. There you go. If anybody wants to play yeah. along at home, <laughs> Google Joseph Bloor and take a look at that picture. It is terrifying. My thanks to Bob Richardson, Michelle Morrow, Rob Davis. That's our time for our show, but that's okay. I'm so excited about the fact that Jerry Igar is back. He'll be on the mic as of five minutes after nine as we make way for the news. And enough time to remind you, incidentally, that uh, you can listen to any hour of More in the Morning as a standalone podcast wherever you get your podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. Talk again tomorrow.